with Tyler McComas and Travis Davidson. did the spring game on TV for Texas. He said he thinks they can compete for the title. Can they? Do you believe they have the personnel? Well, I think with the freshmen coming in, I think the biggest thing competing for a title is going to have to be is depth. You know, I think if they can stay healthy, I think that Alabama game is going to be a big game just because of perception yes. of, of playing well, either winning or playing them close. Because uh, I watched Alabama later in the year play against Kansas State, which we played in, in the bowl game. So I think that's really important, but I think that they have they have an opportunity because they started three freshman offensive linemen yes, last year. Yeah, all those grow up. They've added some really good skilled players. Uh, they lost some running backs, but they've they've got some good young running backs. And I think their wide receiver core and the quarterback. It's still like anything else. It comes down to uh, ears the quarterback making a difference at Texas uh, because if you're going to win a national championship, it's really going to come down to the quarterback play. Yeah. And playing good defense, so uh, and they get we got better on defense last year, and I think they'll play the same or better this year. Hey, former TCU head coach, Texas uh, off-field coach Gary Patterson, on with Colin Calher today, uh, answering the question, kind of answering the question, not really answering the question that Colin Cowherd had, which is, hey, RG3 said Texas can compete for a title this year. What do you think? Can Texas compete for a title? Um, I don't feel like Gary Patterson really answered that. Is that telling whatsoever uh, on Gary Patterson's thoughts on if Texas can win a title this year? Yeah, that was uh, – hey, that was some good dancing. I didn't I didn't realize, uh, you know, he learned all that time in Texas, learned how to two-step so well because uh, he was dancing around – He can sing and dance. That answer. He's a one-man band. <laughs> That's right, man. That's all you need. So, um, needs to perform with Benny Wiley and the Kettlebells and Ted Roof in the three-man front. They can go on tour together. It's going to be a blast. Um, yeah, here's the thing. Like – Obviously, they're going to ask him a bunch about Texas, and we hear this every year, right, Tyler? Like, but what what annoys me, and as well as the question, who's going to win the SEC first between OU and Texas? Texas hasn't won the Big Twelve since two thousand and nine, Tyler, and OU has the most conference championships of any program in college football history. So, uh, you know, when people talk about oh, national championship for Texas, let's pump the brakes. Let's just see if they, yeah. they didn't even make it to the Big 12 championship last year. And he said, "Well, they lost some running backs. Some running backs, Gary. Some Gary. He's got one of those running backs is going to hear his name <laughs> called tomorrow night. <laughs> yeah. most likely. one of those running backs yeah. is uh, a top three well, Texas running back of all time. I uh, I think Gary and I and I, all of us agree. Like you can think Texas is going to be better, or maybe even win the Big Twelve this year. But to win a national championship, I didn't I didn't know that RG three said that Texas can like uh, compete or win for the, the the title or whatever he said, but. Yeah, that's that's way too strong of a take for for me right now, and I think it was too strong of a take for even Gary Patterson because it was basically, it was basically like a press conference, Travis, where he just took you around the entire offense and told you what they have coming back this year. Right, I, really I, I, am com- yes. I am confident that they will have good offensive line play. I have very little confidence that they will play the best quarterback, just like they didn't play the best quarterback last year in Hudson Card, where they probably win 10 games with him. Malik Murphy's probably the best quarterback they got right now, and Maybe. they probably win 10 games with him. But here's the thing. You know, uh, Sark was recently quoted, um, right, in saying uh, 
um, that if you enter the transfer portal at Texas, then you cannot come back. Uh, well, we'll see if a donor doesn't make him take somebody else back because uh, a donor made him uh, retract a job offer um, that had already been accepted from a linebacker's coach, and better believe it, the donors told him that he had to start Quinn no matter what last year. So he should probably not make too many statements, uh, too many absolute statements, um, because uh, he's not the boss there. The donors are. We do have some uh, betting lines out, early betting lines for uh, a few OU games this year, actually four OU games. Mm. Tell me what you think, uh, if any of these sound tasty to you. Texas is a five-point favorite right now, according to DraftKings, in the uh, OU-Texas game. Uh, OU is a a six-and-a-half-point favorite traveling to Lawrence to play Kansas. OU is an eight-and-a-half-point favorite at Oklahoma State. And OU is an eight-point favorite final regular season game of the year at home against TCU. If If you had to bet on any of those, Texas minus five, OU minus six and a half at Kansas. OU minus eight and a half at Oklahoma State. OU minus eight at TCU. Which one are you going with? Text line, which is the most favorable line? 405-651-3439. Just curious. I would have to go Oklahoma State um, is the most favorable line. And I'm glad you brought that up. I'll be in uh, I'll be in Vegas at the end of next month, so I need to... Uh, fire off uh, on those, yeah. Know, fire off. You let me know. Um, and, of course... Uh, I, I do need to reiterate, as always, preface this with any gambling. This isn't gambling advice. This is just our opinions. Uh, so if you lose money on uh, our conversations, we are not liable. But if you do win money, um, we, will we will take donations. We will take donations. So, yeah, I like the uh, – like OS- here's the thing. That Oklahoma State team, and I just have – I have no hopes for them because that was a program that has relied for – a decade on Mike Gundy being able to develop guys over time. Jim Knowles, you know, had a bunch of, you know, old men on that defense, right? And Mike Gundy, oh, time and time again, has had guys that have been in the system three, four years, and they finally show out. And they kind of comes in cycles, right? Well, they aren't recruiting to the level they need to, which they never have. But the problem is they can't keep anybody there very long because they're like, well, we, we want to we want to go somewhere else and play the portal is tearing them apart, and I don't think their offensive line is going to be very good. So I think we blow out OSU this year, personally. Uh, yeah, I'd also look at um, minus six and a half at Kansas. Like I think KU is going to be really good at quarterback this year if Jalen Daniels can stay healthy. But how good are they going to be everywhere else around quarterback? You know, like we we saw right. Kansas like they got off to the hot start because of Jalen Daniels, but. Man, they came down to earth quite a bit when Jalen Daniels wasn't out there, which to me was, you know, the, the, the rest of the talent level that they have. So if Jalen Daniels is out there, they're a dangerous team. But if he's not, I still don't know what the overall – well, I, I'm not super high on the overall talent level at KU. I might look at uh, OU covering the six and a half at Kansas. But, I mean, to your point, the four games that are listed here, Texas, KU, OSU, and TCU – you are taking the number of maybe the worst team in those four, uh, which is not a not a bad idea, not a bad way to go about it. Right, and I think, you know, you bring up obviously a good point with the quarterback situation in Kansas. I think that if any point, you know, he gets hurt, I think that line would shoot up to like 15. Oh, sure. Like yeah. 15, 16. Like I, I think it would be very dramatic because he is wildly talented, led the Big 12 in QBR last year. Um 
you know, he's he's a really good player. Uh, and, and honestly, it wasn't that much of a fall-off to Bean, but um, more of a fall-off uh, than they wanted, uh, considering how that Arkansas game ended in the bowl. But, um, yeah, I, I think – I think OSU is, for me, the safest bet here because I simply have, I mean, Alan Bowman I have no faith in. Um, that offensive line, it may not matter because the offensive line may be awful again. So, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, text line says minus eight against the Cowgirls. It's from the 402. 918, Kansas game won't be that close. 918 plus five against Texas with uh, a few more uh, S's attached to uh, Texas, if you know what I mean there. So the first three responses are uh, three different games out of the four there. So we're kind of all over the board as to hey, uh, that, which that's one a good sounds sign. best. It's a good sign, if e- I do say so myself. Yeah, yeah, I mean, maybe it shows some optimism. Uh, I, I think it might. I, I'll tell you this much, in terms of the lines, there's a lot of optimism about Texas. Uh, if you just want to judge by the numbers, teams against team, like who's going to be favored to win the Big 12 – Buddy, it's going to be Texas. Uh, Texas is a five-point favorite over OU. They're a seven-and-a-half-point favorite at Baylor. They're a 17-point favorite at home against Kansas. They're a wow. nine-and-a-half-point favorite at home against Kansas State. They're a five-and-a-half-point favorite on the road at TCU. Now, they are a sizable dog on the road at Bama. They're an eight-and-a-half-point dog there. But in every single Big 12 game, you're going to have to uh, throw out a pretty big number if you want to take uh, the side of Texas, which I would not feel good about at all. Yeah, at all. There, well, there's there's nothing historically that would suggest that that would be a, a wise decision, right? I mean, literally nothing. I mean, they haven't won the Big 12 since Mac was there. They've been through, I think, I mean, my memory's shoddy. I think I might have been head coach between <laughs> then and now. Yeah, that'd I'm be not fun sure. uh, to go through how I'll many look st- back at some pictures. How many starting quarterbacks they've had since the last time oh they won gosh. the Big 12 title. You're throwing in like Case McCoy, David Ash, Tyrone Swoops. You're throwing out some <laughs> interesting names in yeah. there since they've won a Big 12 title. Oh yeah, and that's and that's the thing. It's I, I think the, you know, the distinction can they win the Big 12? Oh, absolutely. You know, should we just expect them to because of preseason expectations, or maybe more accurately, should we expect them to based on the level of talent they have? Absolutely not. They've had the most talent in the conference going on 20 years now. Ty from Bartlesville says, give me minus 31 against Texas. 31 and a half. Uh, 31 and a half, sorry. Ty, are you predicting a Red River route this year? It would come at a very, uh, very, very good time. Yeah, man. Uh, it, it would come it. at a very good time. <laughs> uh, the, your next it. Red River route against those guys. Boy, that would turn things around pretty dramatically uh, if that was the case. Because 49 yeah. nothing has really clouded a lot of what's happened the past 5, 10, 15, 20 years in this series uh, history, you know? 40, well, yeah. 49 nothing has made people forget uh, about a lot of the recent results outside of that one. It's gave them literally the – it's the trump card, according to them, on social media because you can bring up something very reasonable. Hey, uh, we swept you in baseball this weekend, 49-0. <laughs> hey, uh, ooh, Arch didn't look very – hey, 49-0. 49-0. Hey, uh, we just beat your uh, your golf team by about 1,000 strokes for the Big 12 championship at 49-0. <sighs> 49-0. There's not a day that goes by that I don't see 49-0 in a response to some tweet. I'm serious. I mean, you just gotta, you just gotta bear. Half of them had it in their year, I guess. In their Twitter name, like half of them are like, um, you know, 
John uh, John Williams forty nine and zero, you know, or whatever. Just, it's so, definitely on a license plate or two down in the state this year. Down, oh, absolutely, down in, uh, Dallas, Austin. Wherever. And the wild part is, we OU owns nine of the ten largest victories, like largest margins of victory in the entire series. Nine out of the ten, Tyler, and they get one, and all of a sudden they're going to get it. I, I guarantee you, there are tattoos of it. Guarantee it. Uh, yeah, probably. Probably. Uh, final thoughts from spring game. I know we're a few days away from it. Um, any closing re- – well, I say closing remarks. It's not like this is the final time we're going to be mentioning the spring game. It'll come up a few times throughout the summer months. But as uh, we kind of move forward here, uh, any additional takeaways other than what we had on Saturday? Um, additional takeaways. I'm not, I'm not sure I have a ton of additional takeaways. Obviously, kind of the story about everything has been um, – you know, the defense. I do think DJ Graham did himself some favors uh, kind of after I, because I, I did a little, I did a little rewatch after I recorded it. I think DJ Graham did himself some nice favors specifically because I don't think that wide receiver room has had anybody just really elevate to the level of, okay, we, we need to continue to give these people the yeah. one rest. DJ right? Graham's in the conversation now. And I think he was a little bit before the spring game, but he's, he's fully in the conversation now. I, if you throw out a name of five to six, that could be really contribute. I think after Saturday, you might have to throw in DJ Graham's name in. Well, and one of the reasons, Tyler, I think so, is because if you think back to his two big catches that led to his 70-plus yards on the day, they were both not good throws, right? You had the one kind of arm punt from Bevel, and then you had Bevel missing him kind of by the sideline, and he had to kind of break out of his comeback route, grab it, and then he hits him with the dirty spin move. So it's like he's a guy that is so athletic and is kind of used to adjusting on stuff. Like if some, if it doesn't all go perfectly in the route and the ball's not exactly where it needs to be, he's a guy that can go get it. And I think that I think that speaks a lot for him, and I think he'll make his way up the reps throughout fall because of that. Yeah, I mean, it's not an additional thought, but we had the question yesterday of, like, who, what's the best position group now going into training camp in a few months? And I would say 75% of the responses were safety, uh, and it's, it's hard to argue with that after what we saw on Saturday, man. I mean, safety is going to be really a position of strength, and I, I would say it's, it's probably the best position group on the team right now, at least in my eyes. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. I think we we spoke about it kind of – we kind of lobbed it in as like the whole defensive backfield and the secondary being the strength. And I think Brent Venables has said as much, right? Didn't he kind of say uh, in some press conferences, hey, you know, we're, we're really looking good in the secondary. The backers are looking not as good but still good. And then the defensive line, we'll see what we have. I think uh, – I, I think I think the safety specifically to uh, to the listeners and the, and the Twitter followers' points, I mean – you, who do you start, right? I mean, who, who, what, what do you think? I'm going to put you on the spot. Who's our week one starting kind of safety? If we just put Harrington McCullough at, like, I think at Bowen and Cheetah. Pearson. Or, excuse me, Bowman. Week one? Bowman and Pearson, sorry. Okay, I'm, I'm, week one. Yeah, yeah. I, now I, give me the last week. Give me, give me that TCU game. Who are the starters by then, do you think? See, I, I feel so good about, like, to me, Bowman's not the qu- like. I think Bowman starts game one all the way to the end of the season. So, like, it's right. a good question. But when I really but ponder it, 
I, I, I really like what I saw from Pearson, man. I, I think he's going to be your day one starter all the way through the end of the regular season. And I think Bowen will get some play next year, but I think your day one safeties are going to be your bowl game safeties. Because I, 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 I feel really good about your one and two. And, and not to say, like, does, does Bowen have more upside or more of a ceiling than any of them back there? Yeah, that, that's probably the case. Sure. I, especially Pearson, sure. But I, I just I really like Reggie Pearson, and I think he could be your starter all the way through. I think he's that type of player. Yeah. No, I think, I think that's great. And I, and I think I think one of the reasons safety depth is going to be so important is because, and, and this is just a guess here, if we're just throwing out crazy predictions, I think Reggie is going to headhunt somebody at some point and get a targeting foul. <laughs> that, that, like, like I Skalski's going to meet him uh, before he gets to the sideline. <laughs> Way to go, brother! All pumped up. <laughs> like So I think safety depth's going to matter because I feel like he's either going to miss uh, the rest of a game uh, or the first half, the rest of the game, and a first half True. of the next week's game. Because he, that's the thing, he's a big hitter, and even in the spring game, we saw that right. He had seven tackles, but those seven tackles, you you get kind of the the little. It's it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like finding a vintage coin, right? Like a like a vintage quarter that maybe has maybe a miss, you know, a, a, a mistake made on it. Maybe they, you know, it's some rare this. It's like yeah, it's a quarter. What is it worth? Well, it's worth twenty five cents. It's only worth one tackle, but in actuality, it's much more valuable than just a tackle because that guy decletes dudes. Um, that hit home for me, by the way, because uh, my mother-in-law gave us some old coins that she had because my wife did something around the house so we spent about two hours on YouTube one night trying to figure out if they're worth anything and <laughs> yeah uh, hey uh, it should right here if this is on the coin it's like this is a tiny dime there's no way I can see if that's yeah, right that that is a that is a losing proposition trying to figure out if coins are valuable or not <laughs> and all the different ways that it can be ne- never again 405-651-3439 uh, in your mind, who is the leader now for wide receiver number one? We'll be talking a lot about that today. Hit us up on the text line. We'll get your texts and a whole lot more. More OU football next. Straight. Diagnose, treat, and help with recovery for a wide range of injuries. With offices located across the state, they are never too far away. Give them a call at 405-364-7900 or visit them on the web at orthonorman.com for appointments or more information. It is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson, text line 405-651-3439. EJ from Louisiana says, after a 6-7 and seven season, do we see Brent Venables not running up the score if given the chance in any game next year? Well, I mentioned it yesterday, Travis. If Brent has an opportunity to run up the score against Texas and he doesn't do it, I feel like the fans might fire him before he makes it to the tunnel after the game. Right, I think uh, I think we'll be getting uh, probably the same, you know, types of responses we got during last year's post game show. I mean, forty nine and zero. What do we do? What Brent didn't run up the score. What do we do? Like kind of the there, kind of there the same would be vibes. some, I, and I would be a little annoyed to be honest with you. But yeah, well, some people would definitely be annoyed. Here's the thing to consider this year. You know, um, when it comes like when it specifically comes to running up the score. You've got Jackson Arnold sitting back there at QB2. Now, what would you rather have? And, and you may be able to have both, Tyler. 
Would you rather have the score run up, which could come into play when it comes to conference title berths? You know, margin of victory is like the fifth or sixth tiebreaker down the list. Would you rather have us run up the score, or would you rather us put Jackson Arnold in once we get up by a few touchdowns and have him get some reps, which also could lead to you running up the score because yeah. he's going to want to throw the ball. So let, let's just say, though, that I have to pick between one or the other, right? Let's say Jackson right. Arnold is not Jackson Arnold, and he's just the, the backup quarterback in the scenario that we're not nearly as high on. So my answer would differ depend on who the game is against. Like, anytime it's against Texas, there's so much on the line in that game, you know, um, in terms of just like overall momentum for the program, obviously recruiting, but it's your biggest rival. Like that game means a lot to the alumni, the boosters, and fans at the University of Oklahoma. In the Texas game, I am taking any and every opportunity I can to run up the score. Every single year, does not matter the scenario. If I have an opportunity to run up the score against Texas, there's so much on the line on that game, even just outside that game in itself, I'm running up the score. But if we're talking about a game against Kansas or Iowa State or West Virginia, then, yeah, I might go ahead and just throw in the backup quarterback. But against Texas, I'm, I'm out for blood every single year because I think it matters that much. Yeah, I, uh, I, I agree, especially this year, Tyler, because the week after Texas is our bye week. So you can, you can really pedal to the metal. If somebody gets dinged up, I mean, I'm not talking about, you know, big-time injury, but if somebody gets dinged up, they've got a week to – you know, kind of, you know, cure what ails them. But I do think early in the year, like given the opportunity, like do you want to, because we went 6-7 and seven last year, do we want to run up the score on everybody? Eh, I'd rather Jackson Arnold get as many reps as humanly possible because you still might run up the score. You still might. He's going to want to get in there and throw it, and the coaching staff is going to want him to get in there and throw it. And you can't be called a poor sport, Tyler, if you were just getting your backup reps. That's true. If you can, if you continue to throw deep in the fourth quarter when you're up four touchdowns, you can't. No other coach can say, "Oh, I can't believe they did that." Because Brent can say, "Look, you know, we, uh, you know, in, in this league, we we learned last year that you have to have two quarterbacks ready. We're doing all we can to get both quarterbacks ready." And then, boom, you're good to go. Unless Mike Lupica is still in sports media. Then you can put in your <laughs> backup quarterback. You can put in your third-string quarterback. You can tell your offensive line to fall down. You can tell your offense, whatever you do, do not score. And Mike Lupica will still come after you. So, yes, you're 99.9% <laughs> right. You're 100% right if Mike Lupica is not factored in, though. <laughs> yeah, um, which, by the way, like you get my point about Texas, though. Any and every year you, you run up of the course. score in that game. Is there any other, like... Could you see that scenario for like A and M once they were using the SEC? Like mm. I, I hate A and M, so I run up the score against them any time. But does it? It doesn't have the same ramifications. But in terms of like recruiting and everything, does it even get close to the importance of running up the score against those guys? I don't necessarily think so. I mean, Texas is, and by the time we get to the SEC, who knows what A and M is as far as their recruiting goes and all that kind of stuff. Because the 2022 class, their record-setting class, it should be, you know, having them in contention in 2024. Now, you and I don't believe that they'll be anywhere close to contention uh, in 2024. So, you know, what's Jimbo doing? You know, are, are kids kind of seeing through some things over there? Are the boosters tired of paying 
uh, for a team to win seven or eight games every year or miss a bowl. Like, so I think Texas A&M, it kind of ebbs and flows a little bit differently. With Texas, no, run it up every time. They are the true rival. Yeah, agree. Uh, by the way, I asked the text line who the uh, leader at wide receiver is or the most favorite for, for uh, exiting spring for wide receiver one. I thought that this might be the direction it would go, and I, I do think it's pretty telling. I don't think that this was necessarily the case going into the spring. I'm not saying that people were down on Jaleel Farouk going into the spring, but it almost felt like people were looking for other options outside of him, you know? Whether it was Andrew Anthony or Nick Anderson or Jaden Gibson or whoever, we're getting a lot of Jaleel Farouks right now. 903, leader at wide receivers, Jaleel Farouk. Here's from the 580, Farouk, Andrew Anthony, Stoop, Stogner, DJ Graham. I think that will be the order from most to least receiving yards this year. Brennan Thompson could make an impact, but he's un- unknown right now. And Jaden Gibson should be on the list, but you know what they're saying there. So we're, oh, yeah. we're, we're, we're probably, like, here's Glenn from Nashville. I think Farouk has to be considered wide receiver one as of now, if only because of his experience. Followed closely by Stoops, but I wouldn't be surprised if another player emerges during the season. I would agree with all these texters that we're getting, like, at least right now. It sounds like Farouk had a good spring, as did Nick Anderson, as did Andrew Anthony, but, like, Nick Anderson's got to prove that he can stay healthy, right? Like, as it sits right now... Farouk is your most proven guy, I guess, that you have at wide receiver. Right, right. It's kind of like, you know, Jaden Gibson can get open all day. That's why he drops wide open passes, because he's actually wide open. Um, But, you know, I, with Jaleel Farouk, it's more of a let's get him the ball quickly, let's get it on a jet sweep, let's scheme some things for him a little bit, where it's, I I don't know, I, Jaleel Farouk obviously is the known commodity, and you have to nearly always go with the known commodity. But if I'm given the Jaleel Farouk or the field question on who will lead the team in receiving yards, I'm taking the field. I would probably take the field too, sure. But, you know, just have to pick one name. I, 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 think, An- I, I think Andrew Anthony has you – know, and, and I'm getting this a little bit from – what I saw in the spring game and kind of the order in which these guys got on the field in the spring game and what kind of targets they were looking at, what kind of routes they were running, that can kind of give you an, uh, you know, just a little bit of a hint into how the coaching staff feels about them and can kind of determine the pecking order that way. I think this coaching staff really likes Andrew Anthony a lot. Uh, so I think, I mean, obviously had the interception down deep going uh, against Peyton Bowen, but he still threw it to him. You know, so, here's the thing. Like, your answer game one doesn't have to be your answer game 12. I mean, we, we've seen that before, right? We've, we've right. seen that before with one of the greatest offenses that OU's ever had in program history. Like, I think it'll be Jaleel Farouk will be thought of as your wide receiver one to start the season. But mm-hmm. 2017, Marquise Hollywood-Brown was your unquestioned wide receiver number one in the most important game that you played that year in the Rose Bowl. And he didn't emerge until the second half of the season. Right. So, it, I mean, it, it could change. And maybe it will change. I just think Farouk is probably the favorite right now. Yeah, I mean, it, it could be we, – we talked earlier, it could be DJ Graham. Who knows? Uh, he's great in open space. Clearly he can get open. Could be Andrew Anthony. It could be Brennan Thompson. He's the fastest guy ever to play football. 
I mean, it, it could be. That's the that, call I got today. <laughs> it, That's what we said. Be, it could be just uh, just put it up and go get it, almost like a Hollywood Brown type situation. You don't need the guy to run a bunch of crazy routes. You just have to get him going. Uh, and keep the defender's hands off him a little bit, and he'll pull away, I promise you. Uh, for the 405, give me Petaway or Farouk. Everyone else on that roster is a jag. Coach Jones has wow. it tracking great, but we're two years away from that room being up to par. Hmm. Wow. Everyone but jags, Farouk and uh, Petaway are just a jag. All right, we'll see. Well, if it's Dave, it, well, if Davis Bevel is the QB, I would say DJ Graham. <laughs> hey, they didn't like have a I nice said, connection. Man. Like I said, well, <laughs> D- Davis Bevel had a nice connection with uh, with the turf, but DJ Graham, uh, as he did against Nebraska, uh, found found a way to catch a ball that was not intended to get to him. Yeah, nine one eight. I don't think we give Farouk enough credit. Dude was basically Debo last year. He does it all. Plus, but that's he- what I'm. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And I, I'm sorry, I hate to cut you off. Uh, it's you. Ha- you get him the ball in many, many ways, right? Like Debo isn't a guy that lines up outside and just goes and cooks your best corner every time. That's just that's not what Debo is. But he is an absolute terror to try and bring down. Uh, as I as I cut you off, I'll finish it. He said he does it all. Plus he has good size. Hell, without a doubt, he'll without a doubt be number one. And who's going to be the deep threat? Anthony and Brennan Thompson. And a slot guy probably stoops in Freeman. Not a lot of Freeman talk. What do you think about that, Tyler? Um, for wide receiver number one, I would put a, a few names in, in front of him. Like an expanded role and a guy that can make it a lot of nice, you know, a lot of big plays this year, sure. But I, I just see other, I, I see other options as wide receiver one this year. That's yeah. That's just kind of where I'm at with with. And I think Gavin Freeman's going to have a really good year, much better than last year. I would just handicap better odds for Jaleel Farouk, for Nick Anderson, and Andrew Anthony as wide receiver number one as of right yeah. now. Yeah. I, uh... Plus how many, like, I, like Gavin Freeman will get reps without a doubt. How many of those reps will be taken from Drake Stoops? Because you're going to play Drake Stoops this year. Right, right. I'm wondering how many, like if, I mean, we haven't heard LV Bunkley Shelton, uh, his name on the text line. Uh, that's a guy that has had a good spring. The coaches like him. He got good amount of targets in the spring game for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we Tyler, we have so many receivers in that room. We've got them ranging from six two, you know, two or six four two ten to guys that have Olympic speed. Like we've got we've got the ingredients. We've just got to have it come together, man. Just got to have it come together. 405-651-3439 is the text line. A lot to get to there and a whole lot of college football to get to as well. Keep it locked in the ref. Talking Sooner football is what we do. This. It's the rush and OU men's golf, their Big 12 champs once again. In case you didn't hear, well, they destroyed the rest of the field today. In, uh, where was it, Hutchinson, Kansas, I believe, OU Men's Golf, back-to-back Big 12 champs. They're the only team that even finish under par. Back-to-back Big 12 champs, and like I put out on our Twitter page, if you're not already talking about Ryan Hibble as the best uh, head coach in college golf, go ahead and start doing so. He has got uh, one special thing going on with the OU Men's Golf program. Good for them. 
Yeah, and, uh, you know, Logan McAllister and Chris Goderup, obviously both with top five finishes. McAllister just, uh, I believe, went to a playoff uh, on Corn Ferry. So we're going to start to see, obviously, uh, you've got uh, Abraham Answer on the live um, which is, of course, coming to Tulsa soon. So, like w- with that, you're gonna start to see a lot of these guys on the on the PGA Tour, on the Live Tour, in some type of high-end professional golf, which is going to be really, really exciting because we have had to watch Ricky Fowler wear that ugly orange all the time, and not win any in, big tournaments, and not win any big tournaments doing it. Shocking, kind of like uh, you know they're. Only baseball's got one title. We've got two for our baseball program, but that's a that's you know talk for a different day. But yeah, it, we need some we need some more crimson. I got Abraham Anson answer to throw the horns down uh, at Southern Hills. Nice uh, before he teed off uh, at the PGA. So uh, we need some more of that on tour. Uh, for the four hundred five, Farouk most catches, Anderson most yards. I mean Anthony. Okay, so Farouk most catches, Andrew Anthony most yards. I, th- I think that's what they mean, maybe. Yeah. I, I mean, maybe they see uh, Farouk as like a possession guy, but the guy that goes uh, up and over the top uh, is going to have the benefit of the yards because I do think we see a lot of the offense like we saw against Texas Tech. I remember watching that going, good Lord, we're throwing every single ball down the sideline, and uh, and Marvin Mims came down with his fair share of them. Here's high praise. Uh, I don't know if I'm there yet. 405, Jaleel Farouk is like Mark Clayton. Uh, Mark was excellent, and I mean excellent, after the catch. Mark was also a great route runner. I mean, he was really the the total package, but he made so many big plays in his OU career after the catch. Uh, Remember a big play after the catch he had against Texas in 03? Of course, that one in Colorado in 03 where he kind of puts an exclamation point on the game in Boulder. Um, Jalil Farouk is... He's good after the catch, but there are few that are Mark Clayton, like that, that right. talent level. Yeah, he's just really hard to bring down. Like, Jaleel doesn't make a ton. Like, DJ Grand play, like, he made the corner miss in the spring game, like, badly. But, like, Jaleel, he'll just run. You just drip off of him. It's like he's covered in, you know, Vaseline or something like that. I mean, luckily he's not a pitcher. They'd be checking him every 30 seconds for a foreign substance because it seems like dudes just drip off of him. But, yeah, if we uh, if we end up kind of like, uh, like I said, that Tech game last year, Gabriel threw for 449, and Tyler Mims had 162 yards with a 32-yard average, and Theo Weiss had 123 yards yeah. with a 41-yard average. I would like – I think – I think with that kind, I think you see whether it's Brennan Thompson, Andrew Anthony, LV Bunkley, Shelton. You know, you think of some of those speed guys, even you know, like a Gavin Freeman. These guys that are burners, I could see them really opening up it down the field. That was at the end of the year last year. They were they were they had found something they liked clearly. Uh, Brian in Tulsa is Drake Stoops our Hunter Renfro. Is Gavin Garbage, Freeman just lunch pail guy or huh? uh, small uh, white wide receiver? Is that what we're guy, talking plays about the game here? the right way, going to play for the Patriots? Like, well, I mean, <laughs> Gavin yeah, Freeman I mean, might be your Hunter Renfro if you're if you're looking for a Hunter Renfro here. That'd be right? Could I mean Drake Stoops? Great option though. Yeah, I mean, I think those. <laughs> if we if we did maybe the, have two uh, Hunter Renfros. How about that? Is, does if that we did the HRR, like the Hunter Renfro rankings, uh, I'm sure the top two choices would be uh, Drake Stoops and Gavin Freeman in some order. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's probably probably a pretty <laughs> safe bet. By the way, I uh, I heard a brilliant idea last night. You know, the the whole SEC putting out, hey, if you start, if you keep storming the field, we might take away a home game from you. How about this? What if, as a fan base, you dressed up in your rivals' uh, colors, go down and buy a ticket at their home stadium, and go rush the field against the game that they win, just to get uh, a, a game take away for game taken away from your biggest rival? Someone came up with that idea last night. It's perfect, and the nice thing about it is the KRF Army, as you know, looking at the map, it's we're international. I mean, you, there is nowhere you can go. There is nowhere you can run. There is nowhere you can hide from the KREF Army. So uh, I, I don't doubt that we have somebody in every big or in every SEC town that is part of the KREF Army. All they got to do is, hey, you're not coming to Norman? Fine, just just take one for the team and and do us a solid and and go go ahead and and do your part you know that's all we're trying to do tyler right everybody's trying to do their part around here however big or small in order to bring that next national title yeah. they just got to do their part yeah all of our listeners in the 918 go to an arkansas game and just rush the field to to take away a home game from the hogs in the future well i guarantee we've got northwest arkansas you know kref army uh, members there's no doubt there is no way that they do that there's no way the ADs would allow for the SEC to go, yeah, no you rush way. the field, we're going to take away a home game from you. There is no it chance. It would look like, uh, when's the last time you saw the longest yard? Uh, about 10 years ago, maybe longer, well, but all, uh, well, 10 do, years is a safe, safe answer. Do you remember when you know they played the actual guards versus the convicts game? They had snipers on the roof. They yep. had like razor wire you know, like fences put up in the stands to make sure, like, that's what you would start seeing. You would see, like, razor wire, you know, on the front. So, hey, look, you can't crawl over here. We, we need to keep that money. Oh, yeah, especially with the, uh, what did the OU Daily put out last week, that uh, SEC schools on average, or maybe it was just Tuscaloosa. Yeah, I think it was just Tuscaloosa. $30 million. $30 million in a game weekend. Yeah, they're, they're going to spend $11 on some chicken wire oh and my gosh. <laughs> save themselves some money. There is, it's a nice thought, SEC. It's a nice potential threat there, which is probably what it is more than anything. There is no way you are taking away a home SEC game away from some of these teams. No chance. Well, you would have you would have to basically like if they ever do it, just beat them at their own game. And instead of you know trying to be sneaky, just every single team rushes the field after every single win, and eventually it'll just cancel itself out. You'd be good to go. <laughs> not a terrible idea. They're yeah. not going to move them to neutral sites. What bad could possibly <laughs> happen by that? Let's just do that every game. Literally. Right. I mean, I I totally get. I mean, I get where they're coming from. I I, I like the. The spirit of the rule, obviously, is we live in a day and age where everybody wants to pull a prank, wants to get their 15 seconds of fame, wants to go viral. So, I mean, if, if you had somebody that was on TikTok and they ran up and they, you know, pushed a player or kicked him in the knee or, you know, did whatever with the highest emotion that they felt, you look back to the Tennessee-Alabama game last year, I wouldn't have put it past it, especially as we you know, devolve, it seems like, as a society and just looking for that attention. I get that's the spirit of the rule, but, man, a good a good field storming. That's just that's what makes the sport great, man. We uh, we already read a couple of years ago how Joe C. felt about an 11 a.m. OU Nebraska game. 
can imagine what he'd say about uh, the SEC trying to take a SEC home game away from OU, what that statement might read. Uh, good news, Gunny says that he will drive an hour and a half to take a home game away from Arkansas. So we got that covered. We got Arkansas covered Love at least. It. Love it. I Thanks. would imagine we could get a map out and Gunny would do a lot of our heavy lifting if we really asked him to because you know, he's loyal, man. Yeah, he he's is. a soldier. He is. 405-651-3439. We'll close up hour number one next. Bringing you the physical, relentless, suffocating coverage of the Sooners you deserve. This is The Ref, the home of Sooner fans. Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. Cavens Group, bringing you the sour of the rush, CavensGroup.com. If you have an emergency repair, Cavens Group is on the call 24-7. Again, that's CavensGroup.com. All right, we got about a fourth of the SEC covered. Uh, Dash from Nashville says, I'm your go-to man for Vandy. Oh, wait a minute, it's Vandy. Not going to beat OU anywhere. Uh, This one says, I live in West Virginia, two hours away from Kentucky and four hours away from Knoxville albeit those OU games. So we got about a fourth of the SEC cover to take a, a home game away from them. It's good to hear. Well, what's funny is we may need to we may, may need to wait a little bit selfishly because, Tyler, I'm pretty sure you and I want to go to a lot of these places. Uh, I want to go to all of them. <laughs> but uh, we're not the only ones. <laughs> maybe not Columbia, Missouri. I've already done that once in my life. and right. I'm hoping I don't have to do that um, every other year, the day after maybe Thanksgiving. Starkville. Maybe Starkville. By the way, I have a theory that OU is going to be playing Missouri every uh, Thanksgiving weekend. Oh, yeah? Why is that? Well, I, I mean, if you're going to play someone on rivalry week, like the same team every single year, you'd have to play one of your three rotating opponents on that date every single year, right? So you're not going to play Florida. They play Florida State there. You're not going to play Texas there. That's the second weekend in October. I think OU might play Missouri – it's Thanksgiving weekend, maybe even Black Friday. Well, they play Arkansas right now, right, on that weekend. Well, Arkansas plays LSU. Well, LSU plays A&M that weekend now. Well, A&M plays Texas, and the rest of the SEC is as is, is as is, as, as to what they've been doing here recently. I kind of feel like OU's going to play Missouri on Thanksgiving weekend every year. Yeah, well, I, I don't have a good, you know, theory that uh, goes any other way. So, I'll, you know, if you, if you need more people bought into your theory – Count me in there, right, Because everyone else, for the most part, is already uh, scheduled on Thanksgiving. Like, Florida plays Florida State. South Carolina plays Clemson. Kentucky plays Louisville. Tennessee's been playing Vandy. Alabama plays Auburn. Georgia plays Georgia Tech. Ole Miss plays Mississippi State. You, you, you get the point there. If those games mm-hmm. continue, there's an option of, like, four games to be played – or four teams to be played that weekend. I think OU do probably think- plays Missouri. Yeah, and they're obviously going to do Texas Texas A&M back on that – Thanksgiving weekend. I was about to say the only thing, if they don't give us that October game, that would be the only one that would make sense for rivalry week. OU Texas and uh, it's got to stay in October. Saturday after Thanksgiving, yeah. Let's let's keep it uh, let's keep it second weekend of October. Let's play them once in the Cotton Bowl and then we'll do a home and home and Thanksgiving. <laughs> hey, that, that, there you go. Now you're thinking. <laughs> Hour number two of the rush coming up next. More OU football next. 1400 AM, KREF, Norman, Moore, Oklahoma City, and 99.3 FM, K257DA, the Ref Sports Radio Network. 